All right, Faith Promise, who's fired up to be in the house this weekend? Great to see you. Love you guys so much. Every weekend, more and more promisers are coming back, and every weekend, more and more guests are coming, and we are thrilled. If you are still online and are local, listen, you stay there as long as you need, but if you, if you, uh, you want to come again, if you'll come to Saturday night, or at Pellissippi, if you're 845, those are the, the smaller crowds that come, but, but hey, let's... Let's, let's, don't be a, let's don't be like America and be divided on everything. There's an election. There's enough division. So whether someone feels confident in coming back in person or not, can we just let everybody do as they're conscious? Come on, are y'all with me? Man, let's don't hammer. Let's don't bash and trash, pro or con, face mask, whatever. We're a family. We love each other. There's an opportunity Again, you'll look at this room, there's a lot of people, but if you want to go to 845, there are plenty of empty chairs. Uh, you want to feel safe Saturday night, same thing. Some of you are out of town and you are online and you're waiting for Faith Promise to come to your city. Well, hang in there. We're going to be like Walmart. We're moving in and taking over and uh, we're coming, but Tri-Cities, you are next and we'll be there soon. <laughs> Pastor Stephen and Tabitha. So grateful for our production team, uh, because if, if you're in person, you may not be watching online at, online at all anymore. There are still more people that watch online than do in person, and our influence in the gospel is spreading, and man, we're really, really grateful. Well, this is what I would call an old school sermon. Old school is getting up in your grill. So I'm about to get up personal close in your business, all right? I'm about to get up in the grill this, this weekend. And so thank you, four of you are excited. The rest of you are afraid. That's okay. But here's, how many of you believe that God still speaks today? Anybody believe that? Let me hear you. All right. I do too. But isn't it crazy that we know God speaks and yet we rarely tune into his frequency? Like www.word. Now don't look for that website. Because I don't know, it could be porn. I'm just talking about word, all right? Come on, work with me. Or, or how about holyspirit.heaven? And so we need to plug in. Now let me tell you what God never tells us to do. God never says gather to just exchange information. Paul tells Timothy, study, study to show yourself approved to work with that's not, that does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling, rightly dividing the word of truth. We got to know and walk the word. And so we are told together for application that becomes transformation more and more daily into the image of Jesus, glory upon glory. Are y'all with me? So we should not just be informed, but we should be transformed. But informed Christianity is not strictly an American thing, but we have perfected it. And what I mean by that is as long as you've been to church, you know Bible, you're believed to be spiritually mature. Now, you can beat your wife, or you can be a drunkard, or you can be abusing your kids. Are you with me? You can be living like hell, but as long as you have some biblical information, people think you're mature. Have y'all been to that church? Well, see, many of us grew up in that church. But Pastor James, Jesus' half-brother, believed that Christ's truthers, those of us that believe the truth, 
would be transformed as we lived out the word, regardless of what the world thinks about us, whether it's generosity or evangelism or that we gather for worship every weekend. We who have been saved and transformed should reflect the life of Jesus. Is that right? Now, I need you to hang with me because what I'm going to talk about is counter the American church. It's completely opposite, so I need you to really lean in. So wanting information over transformation, as we do, has become a slow, subtle, satanic shift in the church. Slow and subtle. We don't tickle our ears, don't transform our feet. Jesus said, your lips are toward me but your heart is far from me. The scripture says, in the end times, they will have a form of godliness. They'll know some stuff, but they will deny the power thereof, which is living it out. The power is not knowing it. The power of God is in doing it. Does that make sense? And so, and so we, do we really believe that God expects us to be obedient to his word? Do we? Okay. So, one part of the problem is how church is in America, how we were raised in church. Another problem is that we live in a virtual world now. And so we, we, we think we do things when we don't. Like we, we join a gym and we never go. Gym owners love us. <laughs> I'm staring at one on the front row right down here. He's celebrating, hallelujah. More and more join, just don't show up. We buy gym equipment. Don't ever buy it new, buy it used because it's still new. <laughs> it's been a hat rack or a clothes rack. We buy books and we don't read them. Come on. We, buy, we read diet books on our way to Baskin Robbins for one more banana split. <laughs> See, we live in a virtual world. And before there was ever a Nike, Pastor James said, just do it. Just do it. Don't hear it. Do it. And the key to spiritual maturity, formation, and transformation is doing it. Sadly, spiritual maturity today has become what you know, not what you do. Is that fair? Now, I don't know about you. Come on, let's grow up. This is not political, okay, this illustration. So don't, you know, put our big boy pants on. Anybody hope it's soon to be football time in Tennessee? Does anybody hope that? Okay. So what, think with me, you're watching UT play, and there are three seconds left on the clock. It, it is long yardage, and we have the ball, UT, and the quarterback throws the ball. The wide receiver catches the ball and stops and stares at the football, only to be killed by a 280-pound defensive back who hit him flat out. The ball drops, rolls out of the end zone. The buzzer goes off and we lose the game by five points. Would you be angry at the receiver? Yes, you would spill your bowl of Doritos. Guacamole would be all over the couch. You'd be upset. Why didn't you run? Why didn't you go? Come on. God is passing us the word. And we are catching the word and we're just stopping looking while the devil mows us over because we never saw him coming. Does this make sense? And so James chapter one, this is a powerful and pregnant uh, uh, paragraph. Beginning in verse 19, watch this. Uh, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to 
slow to and slow to. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside of all, of all filthiness and all the remains of evil, in humility receive the word which is able to save your souls. But verse 22, you ought to circle, but prove yourself to be hearers of the word and not a doer. I mean, prove yourself to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who what? Who what? If you are a hearer and not a doer, you're deluded. Does that make sense? You're, you're deluded in, in uh, who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. Once he has looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be what? What? In what he does. Anybody won't be blessed in the house. Come on, I want the blessings of God. It flows from obedience. So he says this, don't merely be hearers. Let me give you a great illustration, 21st century. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. To hear the word and not do the word means you audited the class. Have you ever audited a college class? You, you sign up, you audit. There's no role. There's no accountability. There's no tests, right? Because you just audit it because you actually are interested in the subject matter or the professor. And so you drive by for some lectures. You don't have to take a test. You don't have to study. You don't have to know. You just drive by. My question is, how many people are auditing church? They're not accountable. They're not in group. They're not giving. They're not serving. But they like the subject matter, so they drive by every now and then, but there's simply no accountability. Are y'all awake? When you audit God, when you audit the church, Pastor James says you have deluded yourself. To delude yourself means to reach a false conclusion by false reasoning. This is not the word of God. This is, a, this is abhorrent to God that we, think we, that we think we're obedient because we know God. It's not the hearing it, it's heeding it. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, the wise man hears my words and acts upon those words. He will be like the man who builds his house on a solid foundation. The foolish man, in contrast, hears my word, does not act on my word. He will be like a man who built his house on the sand. And the storms came, and great was the foolish man's fault. Are you with me? So are y'all receiving the word? But as I'm preaching it, are you receiving it? I'm laying it down. Are you picking it up? And are you, are you feeling me? Are you getting me? Because this is incredibly important. James 1.19, I never saw this until I was working on this, on this message. It, the, it says, James 1.19, to be quick to and slow to. I've only used that verse in context of relationships. But in context of where the verse is written for us from Pastor James, it is in the context of receiving the word of God. That's what in context, that's what it's all about. And so as you receive the word of God, be quick to and slow to. We've got to be in a position to receive the past from God. Paul tells the Corinthian church, hey guys, y'all are not in position he said, you're not in position, 2, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, 
And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised or discerned. He goes on in a couple more chapters in this same letter to the Corinthian church and said, hey, I've got a table full of filet mignon, medium, rare. I've got some I've got some salad and some potatoes. I've got some barbecue. I've got a feast of meat for you, but you cannot receive it because you are so carnal or fleshly minded and natured. So Paul said, listen, God is throwing the past, but you don't even know the ball's in the air because your mindset is so far away. You're not receiving what God is laying down. We've got to be quick to hear. Anybody all in for some of the word of God? Anybody all in? So he goes on, I mean, you know, as he, as he lays down in verse 21, man, you want to talk about receiving the word. He gets pinpoint, brutally honest. Therefore, he says, putting aside all filthiness and all of wickedness. To put aside means to take your clothes off. So Paul says, listen, take off all the layers of protection. Take off all the facades. Take off all the masks and get in the word of God and let the word of God speak to you. Because come on, we've all got layers of protection. Man, we got to lose the leaf. The first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned, the first sin was cover up and hide from God. And, and what, so what does is, what is Pastor James say? Listen, lose the leaf. Put all filthiness and all of evil. Open our hearts confess our sins, get in a posture, are you with me? To receive the word of God, which is implanted and able to save your souls. See, that wide receiver that catches that bomb has caught that ball a thousand times in practice, and he knows that he is to run across the goal line and win the game, right? Deep at the core of who we are, we know that God is throwing us the ball. And we know we are to catch it, receive it, and run with it. He told Habakkuk, write down the vision, make it plain, that those receive it may run with it. But here's the problem. Sin will block the voice of God. Sin will block the word of God. And sin will harden our hearts to the things of God. So God is steadily throwing us stuff, guys. He's steadily speaking, but we're not receiving. We're not applying. We're not being transformed. So he said, take it, put aside, take those clothes off, remove all the wickedness and evil that remains, and with humility, receive the word which is able to save. And so what we've got to do is like a lineman, man, we got to get low. Because only the humble really hear. Because if you're not humble, you're not open to hear because you think you know it all already. Uh, come on, are you with me? So we got to get low to hear and receive the word which is implanted within us. So Pastor James believed to hear the word was automatically to heed the word. He just assumed that's what we were going to do. So we receive it, we believe it, and then we conceive it, how we're going to transform it into how we're going to walk the word out. Now, here's what we do in American church. Are you with me? Fearless as I am. We feel good about hearing it. Incredible message this morning, Pastor. Oh, man, that was just so good. It was great. We feel good that we heard it. It's already done. We've already done everything we need, right? (laughs) 
Listen, hearing the word and not doing, it's like going to Ruth Chris Steakhouse to read the menu. <laughs> Have you ever been to Ruth Chris Steakhouse? If you haven't, you've missed it. 500 degree plate. I don't need to read the menu because I know I'm going to order, Dagan. I know I'm ordering a bone-in cowboy ribeye, medium rare. Don't bring the rabbit food. I'm going to a meat coma. Bring me the Are you with me? See, and so you say, well, that'd be crazy. Why would I go to a restaurant and read a menu and not eat? Why would you come to church and hear the word and say yes or that and not live it out? Come on, somebody. See, spiritual maturity is about what you do, not what you know. So we, you know what? We highlight our Bibles, don't we? My question is, do our Bibles highlight us? So James is the master illustrator. This guy's good. Remember, we've talked about fishing. We've talked about childbirth. And today in this paragraph, he gives us a new illustration, which is a mirror. Now, most people like mirrors. Come on, be real. You do, you stop and <laughs> I'm looking good today. When Michael was little, he never met a mirror he did not love. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We'll be late to church. Where's Mike? He'd be upstairs, staring in the mirror at himself. Just, are you with me? And so James says, hey, we've all looked in a mirror. He says in verse 23, and, uh, he said, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man that looks at his natural face in the mirror, but for and once he has looked at himself and has gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law of the law of liberty and abides in it. See, what we do is we go through a mirror, we glance, we realize our zipper's undone, and we don't zip it up. Would you ever do that? Ladies, if you looked in the mirror and realized your mascara was running, would you just say, ah, and go on, or would you fix it? Of course, you'd fix it. And James is saying, this is crazy. You look in the law of liberty, the word of God, and you see there's something. God has shown you in the mirror. Fix it. Amen? Do it. Walk it. Man, don't just glance and do nothing. Don't just prance around the word. This is what I'm praying for. An Isaiah 6 mirror moment. I pray for my family every day. I pray for you every day in Isaiah 6. Isaiah's walking in the, king, in the year of the king. His eye died. Everybody discouraged, defeated. I saw the Lord highlighted up and his train filled the temple. And the smoke of his glory filled all the temple. And the threshold of the temple was shaken. And I cried out, I am dead me for I have seen the glory of the Lord. That's a mirror moment. Wouldn't you say? Job has one. In Job chapter 42, the end of the book, he's been defending his righteousness for 40 chapters, and then God shows up in a mirror movement. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, therefore I retract and repent in dust and ashes. We need a mirror moment, but we got to take the masks off. We've got to put aside so that we can look in, in reality at the mirror. Are you with me? Man, we've got to stare into that mirror. We've got to take a moment. Remember, we don't search for flaws in the Word. The Word searches for flaws in us. And man, the Word, if you will look, listen, listen. If you will, if you will look, if you will study, you will look in the Word. 
Look, look what it says in the book of, this is incredible, the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is a living and, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce as far as the division in you of your soul and your spirit. Can you divide your soul and your spirit up? But the word of God can. Both the joints and the marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intents of your heart. You really want to be mature, you really want to be spiritually formed in the image of Jesus, then you have got to stay in the Word and let the Word read you. And as you stay in the mirror, you are transformed in the image of Jesus. So if you want to desire to do what He requires, we've got a John 8, 32, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. It says to Look intently, this is what James tells us, look intently, which is a penetrating absorption. It is to carefully and consistently and critically look in this mirror. It's the same word that was used when the disciples heard that Jesus had come out of the grave. They ran to the tomb and they looked intently. They were, they were absorbing, stare into it. Does this make sense? Let me ask you a question. Come on, are you okay? Are you okay? How often do you pick up the word and look in the mirror? Now, you get in the real mirror, a natural mirror, every day. And so if you don't have a plan to get in the word, join me in the Bible reading plan. You say, but I don't like that plan. Well, if you don't have a plan, I like my plan better than your plan. <laughs> Stay with my plan until you get a better plan. Are you with me? There's only 100 million people on this plan. You can go to our website. You can go to Uversion. You can get out there. So we're to look basically intently at the law of liberty. And here's where, listen, young adults, come on, millennials, come on, Zs, listen. We believe that the reason we don't intently look into the law of liberty because we don't believe it's a law of liberty. We believe it's a law of legalism. We believe God wrote out the Bible because God doesn't know how to have any fun and he doesn't want us to have any either. Come on, don't look spiritual at me. I will come to your house. Come on. But what we don't realize, it is actually a law of liberty because everything God says for us not to do, it's not to rob us of fun, it's to keep us from being trapped and ensnared. So let me ask you a question. Are you okay? You look a little shell-shocked. That's all right, I knew you would be. When was the last time you looked in the mirror of the word and changed something. So, come on, come on, come on. Listen, shouldn't it be a daily or weekly occurrence? Should it? Are you okay? Come on, should it? I mean, we ought to be sharing that with our small groups. There ought to be some accountability. Hey, I read in the Bible this, and God, man, God showed me. I, I, hey, y'all pray with me while I try to get better at this. That's spiritual maturity. Not saying I memorized 12 verses. I'm not going to do any of them. But I got them. See, none of us have arrived. I haven't arrived. I need it every day. So, and I love the end of, or the end of, verse, or of verse 25. What does he say? He said, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, that man will be blessed. In whatever he does. I want to be blessed. So James 
Verse one, chapter one, verse 20 said, do not be merely a hearer of the word and not a doer who deludes themselves. So we wanna help you. It's part of Ephesians 4, the gifts that God gives the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry of maturity. We wanna help you grow. We wanna help train you up, not to know the word only, but to do the word. So if you've not been in next steps next weekend, or actually this weekend at 11.30, all of our campuses, you can, you can go to next steps. It's week four, you, don't have, you can start whenever you want. This, this weekend, Saturday morning, had an incredible prayer meeting. We'll have one next week. Every campus, nine o'clock, an incredible opportunity. If you're not in a group, jump into a freedom group or jump into a at the movies group. Now, we're not gonna learn about Jack Sparrow. We're gonna learn about Jesus, so don't freak out. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Give us a little more credit than that. I love last year when a pastor put on the marquee in Knoxville, don't go at the movies, go at the Bible. And I thought, you're a sweet man. <laughs> and then later, he emailed me and said, hey, pastor, uh, could I talk to you about how you exegete the scripture? I said, are you the guy that hammered me on your marquee? Didn't Jesus say, if you out on against your brother, go to that brother? Don't put it on a public spectacle? He didn't email back. Listen, don't challenge me on the word. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. So, so we... We're going to grow together. We're going to move from a do from just a we're going to move from a doer not just a listener. The wise man hears my words and acts upon them. He is like the man who dug to the rock solid foundation and built his house when the storms came. He stood the test. The foolish man heard my word too, didn't act upon it. A forgetful hearer, not an effectual doer. That man built his house on the sand. The storms came. The foundation was destroyed. The house crumbled and great was his fall. Listen, the greatest thing that you can do for you is to walk the word of God. For you is to walk the word of God. You want to be blessed? It's just what we do. So Father God, you know I love these people. God, you know that that it is the deepest desire of my heart that they, I'm able to present them to you as Colossians 1, 1 says, fully mature, complete, lacking nothing. So God, this is countercultural. Some of the people in this room grew up in houses where their mom and dad went to church but never changed. I'm so sorry. There was a wrong role model. Now we ask you to rebuke that and give us the real role models. We ask you, God, that we would not be hearers but we would be doers of the word. So I pray for a supernatural impartation. I pray for a supernatural move of you, God. I pray for revelation. I pray for power to look in the mirror and to receive the word and run into the end zone as we receive it, we believe it, we conceive it, and we apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise in the house.